Well, Lori and I myself want to uh, thank you uh, for all your prayers and love that you've shown us at the loss of Lori's father, Everett Hawbaker, uh, a week ago Wednesday. And he had suffered for so long, 10 years uh, with PSP, the last uh, three years of his life. He couldn't eat, he couldn't talk, he couldn't move. So there's much more of a sense of relief. Obviously, there's grief that he's gone, the finality of him leaving this earth. But we knew that he had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He was a pastor for 52 years. He was a missionary for 10 years and just lived a wonderful life that glorified God. But thank you for how you reached out to us in so many different ways. And that's the wonderful thing about being part of a church family. You don't have to go through things alone. You have people who care, people who are praying for you and thinking about you. Just another testimony to the gift that God has given us uh, in his church. Well, this morning, we want to be talking about the heart. Here's a picture of a heart. Now, this is not something you find in a biology lab. This is a wedding cake. <laughs> if you can believe that one, I found on the Internet. Yeah, that's a wedding cake that you can order. Uh, you're giving your heart away, obviously, to your beloved. And you can even buy it for an anniversary, I bet, or for Valentine's Day. Uh, it's not that appetizing, but I'm sure it tastes good. I don't know. But the heart is an amazing muscle. 100,000 beats per day. 2,000 gallons being pumped through your body on a daily basis. Over the average lifetime, that one muscle beats 2.5 million times, or billion, excuse me, 2.5 billion times. God has given us an incredible body. The challenge is keeping our heart healthy. We all struggle with that, right? We eat too much. Uh, We've got to work on that, but not tonight. Tonight's good. You know, go ahead and enjoy yourself. Uh, with all the snacks uh, there, and uh, eat too much, and then we get overweight, and uh, we don't exercise, and some some people struggle with smoking, and yeah, it's tough. It's a tough battle as we go throughout life, keeping our heart healthy. But it's so important because heart disease is the number one killer of people in the United States. 910,000 people died last year because of heart disease. So whatever you need to do, uh, let's all continue to work and getting more healthy. But even more important than that is keeping your spiritual heart healthy. Your heart for God. We talked about this a lot in the last series in the sense that what you treasure uh, what really is important to you, that's where your heart's going to go. That's where your money and time are going to go. And we need to keep our hearts focused on God. And we're tempted in so many ways to put our hearts in different places. But we need to be filled with the power of Jesus Christ in order to daily walk with Him and keep our eyes on Him in every way. Because there are so many different types of sin that can infect our hearts. 
that can poison our hearts, that can pull us away from Jesus. And, and we as a church and as individuals, well, we want to be heart strong. We want to have strong hearts for God. We see in Proverbs 4.23, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And here in the context of the Hebrew, it's talking about the heart, but more about the mind. Guard your mind, because from your mind, everything else from your life flows. Whatever's going on in your mind eventually is going to be manifested in your life. So if you guard your heart, your mind, your thoughts, uh, you're going to be able to stay close to Jesus. And that's the real challenge, is guarding it and keeping the sin out and staying pure before the Lord. But we want to be heart strong here. That's from This is a very special message. This is our 2012 Vision Weekend. This is the time when I share with you the vision that our overseers, our leadership board, as well as our staff, have really sought God out on. Lord, what do you want for us over the next year, next couple of years? Where are you guiding us to? And what we've come up with is that we want to be hard strong. That's the way God has directed us. You know, as I reflect upon the history of Springbrook, there's been many chapters along the way. The first chapter uh, was our launching. Lori and I came down uh, to this area in January of 1995. And we had come from Nina where we had started a church. And we came down here and Lori was the only member of my church. So I made her call me Pastor Dan. Uh, <laughs> That went over really well. <laughs> so we started to share our vision uh, with other people. I see Kevin and Kristen McDunn down here. And I think you're the only remaining members of our launch team. Congratulations for making the distance. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they own the vision with us for this new church. And uh, so we got maybe eight couples. It wasn't a large launch team. Now we had some preview services, one service a month to give people a taste of what the service was like. Then the second chapter started, and that's when we had public services weekly at Lake in the Hills Elementary. And those were the days. I can remember we were all thinking about how can we make a nursery in a hallway seem attractive to a young mother? <laughs> Okay, yeah, put your kid down this uh, hallway here. Yeah, we got some carpets. And <laughs> it was really, I mean, we were looking every place uh, for some type of space uh, for the kids. How many joined us during the Lincoln in the Hills days, joined the team? Oh, thank you so much uh, for your faithfulness over the years. They just mean so much to us. Uh, then, uh, Jacobs High School opened up. There was another church meeting there, and they moved out and built a building. So we moved in, and oh! It was like tons of space, space everywhere you went. Each class had their own classroom and we had this huge area, the cafeteria where we could spread out with this great auditorium and we just flourished in that space over a six and a half year period. But we wanted our own home. We wanted a ministry center where people could come 24-7 in order to experience a love. Of Jesus Christ. Over this time, there was a very generous couple that gave three hundred twenty thousand uh, dollars 
uh, to our ministry. And that kind of got things rolling. God said, okay, it's time to get going, looking for land, things like that. And the only way we could do this is we had to raise funds in order to be able to buy land and buy a building. So we had capital campaigns. So what we would do is we'd say, okay, we're looking at this piece of land. Or we're just going to buy some piece of land in the future here. So uh, we had a period of time, maybe a month or so, where we talked about our vision, where we talked about where we want to go as a church, what God wants to do through us. And we prayed through these things, and then we asked everyone in the church to generously give toward that vision. So what they would do is uh, we'd have a commitment Sunday, and they would make a decision, we're going to give this much beyond what we normally give, and back in that day it was like over a three-year period, in order that we might buy land. And I think we had two campaigns in order that we might build this building. So... You look around this facility. We had a visitor here last night, and she said, you have such a beautiful facility. And after I thought about that, I said, that's because so many people stepped up. So many people generously gave, sacrificially, in order that we can be in this building today. So I want to thank everyone who's given to those capital campaigns over the years, because God has blessed us through your generosity. So the next chapter, obviously, was moving into this building. It's hard to believe, but it's been six years since we moved in here this month. Let's thank the Lord for that, huh? Six years. And I can remember uh, Awana the year before. It seems like we were meeting in a different place every month. So my wife leads Awana, so everybody be calling her, where are we meeting this week? <laughs> so one of the uh, best things... Right off was we got one place for Rwanda, and we've had it here every week during the season uh, for six years. You guys remember that first service? That was a Sunday night when we moved in here. Wasn't that glorious? Oh, man. How many joined us during those uh, years, uh, in the last six years, you came to Springbrook? All right. Well, thank you for your faithfulness. God has continued to build this wonderful team. We're 700 strong. Uh, we are a lighthouse uh, for God, and it's just a joy uh, to be uh, your pastor. And so we've spent six years here, and as we were dialoguing as overseers and with our staff, we said, what's the next chapter? You know, what is God going to do through us? And that's where God birthed in our hearts this whole idea of uh, this heart-strong campaign, that we want to be heart-strong for God. So let me unpack this a little bit for you. Let's turn to the passage that inspired this. Uh, this is the great commandment. Jesus Christ says in Matthew 22, verse 36, uh, well, first he's asked a question, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So, what Jesus Christ did is he summarized all of the Scripture up until that point. We know it as the Old Testament. And he said, there's two things you need to do in life. You need to love God and you need to love others. Love God and love others. Every command that you find in the Bible either fits into the love God category or the love other category. In fact, you look at the Ten Commandments. The first 
four commandments in Exodus 20. The first four commandments are about loving God. The last six are about loving others. And if you look at any other command in the Scripture, it's either about God or it's about others. That's why he says all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Now, he was quoting Moses. We look back in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel. The word in the Hebrew for here is Shema. And the Shema, as Orthodox Jews call it, is this particular passage about loving God. And it's a very important part of their faith. And it's a very important part of our faith as well, obviously. But they cherish these verses. In fact, they recite them, if they're Orthodox Jews, they'll recite them twice a day. It's just a part of their daily uh, walk with God in terms of reciting these particular verses. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. These commandments are so important, Moses is saying, and God is saying through him, I want you to make this a part of the fabric of your everyday life. We move on to verse 7. Impress them upon your children. Make sure that your children understand who God is. Make sure that they build their lives around this command to love God with everything that they've got. Talk to your children about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road or drive along in the car, when you lie down and when you get up. Talk to your children. Remind them about the love of God. It's a dialogue about the experiences they're having. Help them to see it from God's viewpoint and how God can help them because all day long they're being bombarded with what the world has to say about how to solve problems in life. So you need to continue to say, God is the answer, and I'm going to help you to solve your problems. Now, this is interesting. These commands are so important. It says, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So tie them as symbols on your hands and your foreheads. That's the first one. Then write them on the door frames of your houses. Well, they took this very literally. They did it, and people still do today, in fact, we look at this particular man. This is out of a uh, uh, catalog on the Internet. You could purchase this today and have it by Tuesday if you'd like. You know, I think people at work would really like it. Uh, yeah, what this is is uh, a philatric, uh, the, the box there on top of his head, and there's a piece of leather there, and there's another philatric on his uh, uh, elbow. And uh, they're obeying God's command. So they're basically putting the verses. So in those boxes are those verses. Love the Lord God with all your heart and soul and mine. And uh, they're in those boxes. And so this is traditionally how they did it in the Old Testament. Maybe not as nice. <laughs> but again, uh, people still do this today. Orthodox Jews got a leather strap there. That's typical. And again, it's, it's a physical reminder. I mean, you got it on your head and you got it... On your arm, you know that, hey, loving God is everything uh, that I am. This is my purpose in life. 
That's the purpose of putting it on you so you're reminded about it. Also, it's a testimony to other people about the fact of your love for God. Now, we go to the next picture. This is a mezuzah. And then when they said put it on the door frame, uh, they have mezuzahs and they're all different types. But the bottom line inside are these verses about loving God with all your heart and soul and mind. Even in Google, uh, this is in Tel Aviv. That is a mezuzah right there. Okay, that contains Scripture. And they have it there uh, because that is their uh, tradition. I bring all this up to say, hey, if God made such a point out of this, and Jesus made such a point of it, the God-man, we should really get fired up about this. This is how we should frame up our lives. Loving God and loving others. That's what it boils down to. And that's where we need to put our focus. So let's unpack this a little bit. This is our heart-strong vision. We want to be a heart-strong church and heart-strong individuals. So first of all, we love God. Let's take a closer look at verse 37. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So, love the Lord your God. That word love, there's three words for love in the Greek. You've got eros, erotic type of love. You've got phileo, Philadelphia, uh, a friendship type of love, and then you've got agape, which is a committed type of love, the type of love you should have for your spouse. No matter what happens in your marriage, no matter if you feel the love or you don't feel the love, you know, people say, well, I've fallen out of love. Well, you can't fall out of love because love is a commitment. They're talking about emotions. Agape love is I'm committed to you no matter how I feel about you. I am stuck on you. There's a song or something, but uh, the point being is that's the kind of love that we have for God. We are committed to Him no matter whether we feel the Spirit or we don't feel the Spirit. It's a great day. It's a bad day. We continue to love Him with our heart. And really, uh, the idea in the original language is with our mind. When you talk about the heart, mind. And with all your soul. That's the emotions. Jesus Christ said, I'm overwhelmed. Uh, my soul is overwhelmed when He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And with all your mind... That word in this context means more of a volition. I, I choose to love you. And they're all kind of intermixed. The whole point is, is that I am going to love you with everything I've got. This is the first and greatest commandment. Friends, this is impossible to do. It was impossible to do for the Israelites, obviously, as we study their history. And it's impossible to do, to do for us. But what fulfills all this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ came down and He paid the price. And now, as we have come to Christ, we have the Holy Spirit within us. And as we walk in Jesus Christ, He is the one who gives us the supernatural power to love God instead of being dragged away by all the loves that we can have in this world. And our heart is misdirected. Now, the power of Christ as we depend upon Him and focus our lives upon Him. That is how we can love God with everything that we have. So the question is, how is this part of our heart-strong vision for Springbrook? How are we going to flesh this out over the next couple of years? Well, the first thing is we're going to be celebrating with God. We're loving God by celebrating with Him. And that's what happens here on the weekends during our worship services on Saturday and Sunday. This is one of my favorite times of the week. 
I can be dragging on Saturday, all day Saturday, and then I come on Saturday night and my God just puts a new energy uh, within me. Same thing on Sunday morning. I love to be with you guys. I love to hang out with you guys. I love to talk with you. I love to minister to you and you minister to me. I love to teach. I love to worship. I love this church. This is an awesome church that God has uh, put together here. And I give uh, Him all the glory uh, that He's done this. Uh, so the point is, is that uh, we want to celebrate with Him. But what we've found over the years is we've always had a part-time worship director. And they've been great people over the years. Terry, you served the longest, and she did a wonderful job, and then we've had many others, and interims, and things like that. Uh, but they only could do so much with part-time work. Usually churches our size have a full-time worship uh, director. And we realized if we're going to, you know, increase our capacity to worship Him and to attract more people to worship Him, we're going to have to have a full-time worship director. So this is part of our heart-strong vision. Our vision for worship is that every time you come to church, uh, you are going to be a part of a well-planned, thought-out, well-resourced, well-staffed, creative experience. That's our desire, is that we would set the table for you that the Holy Spirit might work in your life. And in order for that to happen, uh, we need a full-time person because there's a lot of work that goes into the service. Uh, you don't might not fully appreciate it, but everything that goes on, uh, we need somebody to come in and, and develop, first of all, recruit people to our worship team and our production team uh, back there with sound and light video and audio, they're just as important as what's happening up here. And we need to have somebody develop these people uh, to raise up leaders uh, within the ministry. Uh, we need new ways to approach worship. In fact, uh, we have a new software uh, that Jeff Osborne introduced that uh, is called ProPresenter. Now, you probably won't see uh, the difference today, but in the future, it's going to help us uh, with our visuals so much more. Uh, it's a better program than we were using. But that's just a small step of increasing the capacity. We're using something called Planning Center, which we haven't used in that past. That has built our system in order to better serve you. But we've got to have a full-time person to do that because a part-time person many times can only work on maintenance where a full-time person in a super critical area like worship can do all the development uh, that we need. So, we were in the middle of our worship search and we realized that the way things were going financially last year, that uh, we weren't really going to be able to afford bringing Jeff on. But we stepped out in faith and we said, you know what, Jeff? We really believe that God is going to provide for you in this position. So Jeff stepped out in faith. And uh, it was so wonderful over the Christmas season when we had our year-end offering and we were just saying, hey, let's give to God $20,000, $5,000 for the Wayside Center, for their computer center, which we'll talk about in a couple of weeks. And then the rest of it goes to Jeff and his salary. And you so generously gave $35,000, $15,000. Let's praise God for that, huh? Yeah. What a great spirit among our people, a generous spirit. So that was the first step for Jeff, but that's not going to last forever. So I told Jeff, well, we're going to have a, a generosity initiative uh, next year because we, we, we want to do new things. And one of the 
new things is we want you. Uh, and Jeff is just such a, a great guy. I'm so glad that God led us to Jeff. He has such a worshipful heart that loves the Lord. Uh, he has so many skills and gifts and He's doing a lot of things behind the scenes that you don't see that eventually will come to fruition as our ministry continues uh, to mature. So that is so exciting. So part of this heart-strong vision, uh, a critical part of it, is a generosity campaign. As we've had capital campaigns that have gone toward land and building in the past, we're going to have a ministry campaign in order to support different initiatives. And the first initiative here is Jeff Osborne and his worship ministry. So just like with a capital campaign, with a ministry campaign, we're basically saying, hey, we have a heart-strong vision, and one area we really want to turn up the amps is in worship. So uh, what will happen is that in March, I'm going to be doing a series on heart-strong, and we're going to pack all these different topics, worship and uh, compassion and outreach, all those different types of things. So I'll be teaching on it every week talking more about this vision, about what we want to do. And then the first week of March, we're going to have all the small group people. Uh, they're not going to meet in homes. They're going to meet here at the facility. We're going to have a meeting for seven different nights. Uh, you don't have to come to all of them. They're all the same. But just one of them uh, to hear more about our heart strong uh, vision. Uh, then you'll get some materials, and, and, and it will all culminate on April 1st uh, when we're going to be asking everyone, all our leadership, all the people that attend, we want you to pray and think about what you want to make a commitment for, uh, a commitment to that is, over the next 24 months, not three years, but two years, above your regular giving, in order that we might see this vision come to light. That's where we're going. Uh, because you need funds to resource uh, the vision uh, that we have. And... Again, what you're doing is you're paying it forward. People paid it forward for you, and some of you were part of that group. That made it possible for it to be in this building uh, today. And so you're paying it forward for future ministry here at Springbrook. The gifts that you give beyond your regular giving, generously, sacrificially, for a 24-month period, is going to change the nature of this church. It's going to be a different church. We're going to be heart-strong in this area of loving God. Another we're going to, area we're going to be heart-strong in is the area of communion uh, with God. You remember our Emotional Healthy Spirituality series that touched my life so deeply, and I know many of you. And God has told me, Dan, you just need to keep beating that drum with people. It's one thing to have a series and uh, get all hyped up about something and say, yeah, I'm going to have my daily office, kind of like a quiet time. Uh, but just spending time with God, it's the essence of it. And what I desire for you so much, what I desire for myself, is that you know Jesus. You really know Him. You've got a personal relationship with Him. It's not like you, you know, give Him, uh, you know, hey, Jesus, help me out today. You know, that's not a relationship with Jesus. No, the idea that you spend time with Him, that, that you, you uh, study His Word, that you pour out your heart about whatever is going on, in your life, good or bad, that you let Him encourage you, that you listen to worship music, that you take a walk in nature. There's all different types of ways to connect with God. But my desire for you is that you would know Jesus in such a personal way. He is your best friend, even more than a person uh, like yourself. He's your best friend. And for most Christians, that is not the case. It just isn't. 
That's reality. And that's why we're so passionate about this and loving God and this heart-strong vision is we want to continue to remind you, to encourage you, to challenge you, to inspire you, not out of a legalism type of thing, but just because spend time with Jesus. That's where the action is at. That's where you're going to experience uh, the grace and the comfort and the power and the encouragement. And part of the heart-strong funding piece is that that's really what we're all about, is helping people develop, to come to Jesus and to develop a deeper relationship with Him. And we have existing ministry needs here. We've got to pay for staff. We've got to pay for resources. Uh, pay for missions. We pay for the building, the mortgage, all those type of things. And again, it was a tough financial year last year. In fact, at the end of the year, uh, our expenses were $58,000 more than our giving. And we had been thinking about this a long time, and we had cut the budget, uh, or we asked everybody to reduce uh, their expenses, our staff and our ministry leaders and things like that. And we got down to bare bones, but still we had that particular uh, type of default. Uh, and thankfully, our leaders had planned ahead, and uh, we had money in savings. Uh, so after that $58,000 was spent to support our ministry last year, now we have about $123,000 and reserve, and we're thankful for that. But friends, we have such an incredible mission ahead of us. God is doing such wonderful things that we need to continue to support this ministry. So part of the Heart Strong uh, funding campaign is going to be paying for our existing ministry, paying for our staff and our resources and our building, and missionaries, that type of thing. Uh, so again, we're going to love God, uh, and the initiatives are again, to support Jeff's ministry uh, for a two-year period and also support our general fund in order that we might celebrate with God and have communion uh, with Him. Now, let's look at loving others. We read in Matthew 22, uh, verse 39, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And why does it say as yourself? Well, because we all care about ourselves. Now, some of us don't truly love ourselves as God would want us to, because we've got baggage in our lives and we're condemning of ourselves. And God wants to clean all that up. That was part of our Emotional Healthy Spirituality uh, series. Uh, but we all do care for ourselves. We think a lot about ourselves, don't we? And that's natural. You have to think about yourself. You have to think about your day. You have to think about what you're going to be doing and everything you've got going on. And, but uh, we also think about things that we want and experiences that we want and uh, all those different types of things. So it's saying, you know, care about, your, care about others as you care about yourself. I mean, think about this for a moment. Let's say uh, that you chose somebody in your life that was important to you, your spouse, uh, your child, a friend of yours, and you said, for one day I'm going to love you the way I love myself. Okay? One day. All right? So you go to this person and say, I'm yours for the day. i got nothing on my calendar I'm here for you. I'll drive you around. If you want to sit in the back, that's fine. I'll, I'm going to cook for you. We can go out to eat if you want. Uh, you know, take off the day off work. I'll make up the difference in your salary. Uh, whatever. I mean, this is your day. This is your dream day. Whatever you want, because you know what? I'm going to love you like the way you love, the way I love myself. How many would like a day like that? Oh, come on now, guys. We all would like a day like that, right? That sounds good to me. You see the point? Obviously, we can't. Well, we could do that, no doubt. Uh, we can't do that with everybody. The point being is, is that's how you need to love other people. But that only comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Lord, help me to love other people because I'm so selfish. Help me to love other people. So how does this uh, figure into our Heart Strong uh, campaign? Well, there's a couple different areas. First of all, caring for our families. It's, it's odd that many times the people we treat the worst are the people we love the most. Isn't that true? Why is that? Because we feel we can be ourselves with our family. You know, when we're out in public at church or at work, you know, we've got to watch what we say and how we react to people. Just, you know, being polite and, you know, working through relationships. But when we're at home, sometimes we drop all those different filters and we say things that we'd never say to anybody else and we do things that we'd never do and we're more selfish than we'd ever be. Well, you know, that's sad, isn't it? And, you know, being a pastor over so many years, I've watched so many marriages disintegrate. I've watched so many families with so many dysfunctions, so many problems because of selfishness, because of sin. And part of this heartstrong vision is that we would really do everything as a church to support marriage and family. That we care for our families. That we care for our spouses. And so... One of the challenges that we have as a church is that we're understaffed. For our size church, when you compare us with other size churches, uh, again, we're understaffed. We don't have enough staff. And the problem with that is that many people don't get their needs met because there's just not enough pastors and not enough directors to, to reach out to them. And our job is to equip other people, and we seek to do that. But you've got to have key staff that are driving different initiatives. And our staff is maxed out right now. So... The idea behind this heart-strong vision and to fund this vision is we want to hire some critical staff people. And obviously Jeff is full-time because that's worship and that's one of the core things we do. But we'd also like to hire some part-time people so they can champion things. We'd like to hire a part-time marriage and family person. And this person can get the ball rolling here and they can be the torchbearer for marriage and family and they can run marriage seminars and uh, marriage workshops and marriage retreats and they can uh, uh, work with marriage small groups to whatever degree of the time that they have. But we want to get started in that area. We want to, to again, raise that level up and say, hey, at Springbrook, if you come here, we're going to do everything that we can with our resources to help you to have a healthier marriage. There are some marriages that are on the brink right now. There are some marriages that uh, are just surviving. There's some marriages that are good that can be great. Every one of our marriages could use more time and encouragement. In fact, we're already starting that. Uh, we're going to have a date night challenge. I'll talk to you about the at the end of the service. In April, I'm doing a series on uh, marriage and encouraging people in their marriage. One thing I forgot to mention about the emotional healthy spirituality, communion with God. Next week, I'm starting a three-week series on the Lord's Prayer, talking about communion with God, cultivating an intimate relationship with Him. So that's the idea of this heart-strong vision, that we're going to be teaching about it, and we're going to hopefully bring some staff on to help with it, and we're just really going to zero in on these different areas of loving God and loving others. The second area of loving others is compassion for our community, compassion for our community. Uh, this is another area that came up as we were talking and God was you know, giving this vision to us is that we want to be more compassionate. I appreciate Mark Houston so much and his leadership in this area. Uh, he's worked so many years as well as others. Uh, but we've had blood drives and food drives and, 
Uh, we've had uh, uh, Operation Christmas Child, and we've also had uh, the, the sailors at Thanksgiving, and turkeys, uh, turkey dinners that we sent down at Thanksgiving uh, to people in Carpentersville. We've ministered to people uh, at the Elgin Housing Authority. Those have all been good things, and small groups have been doing their own things. They've been going in the nursing homes, and that is great. But we want to raise that to a new, new level. When you think about our economic situation here in the United States, it, it has not been worse since the Great Depression. And there's really no strong signs that things are going to get better. I pray they do, but really there's no strong signs right now that that's going to happen. The question is, how do we as the Church of Jesus Christ respond to that? And what comes from my heart is we've just got to reach out. Now, one way we reach out is through our Helping Hand Fund. And you guys are so generous to that. Uh, you gave, I think, over $30,000 to the Helping Hand Fund last year. And we gave, I think, 35000 out from the Helping Hand Fund because we had a surplus from the year before. Uh, but it's tough to keep up with you guys. <laughs> so, so we give out counseling grants. If a person comes and, and if this is you, please talk with me, or Pastor Rich. And if you have a need for counseling but can't afford it, we can provide a grant for five sessions. And that's a part of where Helping Hand uh, money comes from. Uh, then on top of that, uh, we help people out. And so many people have lost their jobs. We've given gifts, multiple gifts to people. If you're in that situation, please talk with me. Don't be embarrassed. There's so, I had a guy just after this last service, you know, been a year and a half. He was uh, at a very good job, and he's been out of work for a year and a half, and he came in, you know, just for some help, and we were able to, to help him out. Uh, so many people are struggling. Please let me know. Let Rich know. Let your small group leader know. I know it's embarrassing sometimes for some people, but hey, we're, everybody's been impacted. And some of you have been devastated by this. Well, we want to minister to you, but we also want to reach out to our community. We want to be able to be there for them in whatever way we can with the resources that we have. We want to have a heart of compassion. So we want to have a compassion champion. We want to hire a person part-time who can help us with our compassion ministries, who can carry the torch, who can organize different things around compassion and get us more in the game. We want to be more in the game. We want to be touching more people. We want to be more a part of this community. When people think about Springbrook, we want them to think there's a church of compassion. There's a church that values marriage and family. And one more thing, the ultimate compassion that you show a person is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with them, right? I mean, that's what we're all about. That's the heart of HeartStrong is the gospel, is what Jesus Christ did for us and how people need to know that and how their lives can be transformed by it. So another particular hire we'd like to make uh, if the resources come in is an evangelism or an outreach person, a person who will help us, again, champion, carry the torch for reaching out uh, to people. Uh, we did a recent survey uh, called Natural Church Development, and it kind of gave us an idea of where we're at in different areas of our ministry. And you know what the lowest area was, the areas that we were weakest in? It was evangelism. I said, no, wait a second. We had 60 people come to Christ last year. Yeah, that's right. But that was primarily through our worship services and through our youth group and our children's ministry. There weren't many in that group that were Individuals from this church where they had gone out to their neighbors or their co-workers and brought them to church and they became a Christ follower. Lifestyle evangelism. 
That's what we really need to continue to teach our people. And that's why we need a champion, somebody who's going to do the training, somebody who's going to, you know, again, continue to challenge people in this particular area and organize events where that's going to happen. Uh, so as we sum this all up in regards to what HeartStrong is all about, you know, we want to love God. We want to celebrate with Him in our worship services. We want to have communion with Him. Uh, we want to love others. We want to care for our families. And we want to have compassion upon our community, expressing the gospel to them. And what that means in regards to what we're looking at for this, uh, this uh, campaign and, and funding uh, this vision is, again, paying uh, for Jeff's salary uh, as he continues here as our worship director. Uh, the second piece is paying for existing ministries uh, where our, our funds have fallen behind. Another piece of it is uh, caring, uh, having a marriage and family person come on part-time to kind of carry the torch there. And the last piece is an evangelism piece, a person who can carry the torch for that. That is being heartstrong for God and for others. And that is a direction that we're going. And I am thrilled about it. And I hope the, the more you hear about it, the more charged up and excited that you get. I just, I just pray that you would pray for our ministry. Pray that God would work in a fantastic way. I tell you, we've had great years over the last 15 years, but I know the next 15 years are going to be so much more wonderful. Uh, God has given me that confidence. And uh, some next steps you can take here is, first of all, uh, pray for the HeartStrong campaign. Now, take out your program and take out the welcome slip, rip it off, and circle uh, the number, if you feel so led, if you'd like to say, I'm going to do this, we, won't con well, we will contact you if you're interested in helping with the campaign. But just praying, we'd love to have you pray. Uh, so just circle the one under your name on the communication uh, slip. So you'll pray for the HeartStrong campaign. That really is the most important thing. That's where the power come from, comes from. Number two, I am willing to serve as a caller on a HeartStrong team. We need a lot of people calling people to remind them about different events uh, that we're going to have. And so please... If somebody calls you and says, will you be a caller, please say yes. We need as many people helping out with this HeartStrong campaign as possible. The third thing is I'm interested in helping out with the HeartStrong campaign. So you maybe say, I don't want to be a caller, but you need me someplace else, I'll be there. I want to be a part. And right now, in the month of February, uh, we're recruiting people, the different teams to, to make this all come together. And then in March, we're going to go public with everything. This is kind of an introductory uh, message. But we want your involvement. Uh, so you say yes when somebody comes and asks you to be a part of it, or say yes right now and say, I want to give me a call. I'd love to help. Uh, we'd love to have you involved. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this new vision that you've given to our church. Thank you for the new chapter uh, that we are embarking upon. And Lord, I pray that you would guide our hearts and our thoughts as we move into the future. Help us to do your will. Help us to be heart strong. In Christ's name, amen. If we could have our ushers come forward at this time to gather our love offerings to God. And we're going to watch a video about the date night challenge. The date night challenge wants to know, when was your last date? Maybe two months ago. <laughs> mm, when did we go on a date? Yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Yeah. 
Midsummer. Midsummer. Last night. It was about three days ago. Maybe three days ago. Hey, about three. I think hey, so. About two days ago. Yeah. yeah. Last weekend. Oh. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> um, yesterday? Yesterday. Well, right yeah. now, tonight. Well, but usually every Thursday. Thursday's date night. When was your last date? How you answer that question will speak volumes about your most important relationship. You see, good relationships don't just happen. Date night research revealed that over 90% of couples who take the date night challenge increase their relationship satisfaction. So go ahead, I dare you, take the date night challenge. It's about time. Your relationship needs you. Take the date night challenge. 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 Are you ready? It's time to get your date night on. Take the date night challenge. Coming to Chicago, February 2012. For more information, go to datenightchallenge.com forward slash Chicago. Take the date night challenge. Challenge. This is something that started in Chicago and has spread to other cities around the country. And the challenge is to have three dates in a period of three weeks or five dates, just to have some dates uh, together. So many married couples get out of that habit of courting each other. And so that's what we're going to be working on. And we're going to provide the first date for you here in this auditorium on February 17th. February 17th at 7 o'clock. We're going to take care of the kids for you. You can come and focus on the families also involved in this. And they put together a webcast. And we're going to be watching portions of that. There's going to be a comedian and there's going to be music and there's going to be a speaker. And you're going to have a chance just to kind of dialogue uh, with your mate about, you know, fun issues. Nothing really deep. <laughs> it's a date. <laughs> but uh, we want to get you started. And then after that... Uh, you can have other dates as you move into the future. Uh, DateNightChallenge.com, go to. It's a mobile app for Chicago, so you can download it on your smartphone. And basically it gives you different restaurants. It gives you just minimal discounts on uh, some things, maybe a free dessert if you come their way, like Luminati's, I know, uh, is doing that uh, in this area. As well, it gives you ideas about what to do on a date, what to talk about on a date. I mean, if you're date dumb, <laughs> you can... You can learn everything you need to learn about a date, uh, this particular uh, website. Uh, so put it on your calendar. I'd love to see you there.